Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. Listen as he shares his faith journey with intentional application methods to inspire, motivate, and activate your spiritual life to develop a deeper connection to the one true source, Yahweh. This is a Faith Becomes Sight production on Black Talk Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. E. Good evening, family and friends, and welcome to our first episode of having our guest on Iron Sharpens Iron. I am your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson, and I have a special guest, a special friend with us tonight. But before um, I introduce him, I just want to say this is this is wonderful to be on Black Talk Radio. Um, I'm thankful for Brother Scotty for allowing us to have this platform. I want also thanks um, James Satchmo Gates for allowing us to utilize a song in the background in the, the new beginning. And I thank you for my good sister, Tracy Ross, with her voice over in the introduction and outro. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron. And Proverbs 27 to 16, it reads, Iron Sharpens Iron. And so does the, well, let me just read this scripture. Let me not try to quote it because I'm too excited. And so this is what we're going to be doing here. We're going to be just having conversations around the word of God. So in Proverbs 27, 16, it says, what is this? I'm too excited. I'm too excited. Brother Tom, c- c- come, come and save me as you, as you normally do. <laughs> but, but I want to introduce, because I'm too excited. I can't even find a scripture. Um, this is Minister Pastor Thomas Wynn. I've known him since I was in college. He is one of my most intimate, closest friends, um, who he and I speak when, you know, when no one, we have no battles to talk to. He's a great man of faith. He is the father of two wonderful children, Trey and Sky, and of course his lovely, faithful wife, Tony. They are, they are a wonderful couple, and it seemed like I have known them my entire adult life. And so I'm gonna introduce him now my good brother Tom, welcome, man. It's my first guest. Welcome, bro. Welcome. Oh, brother, thank you. Thank you for having me. It means the world to me. And and that scripture you were saying, Proverbs 27, 16. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Who whosoever hideth. Oh, you got no that, that ain't it, bro. Uh, huh? It, it's supposed oh, to be. Oh no, it's 16, 67. Yeah, that's the 17th. That's the 17th verse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the 16 starts at whoever. Well, we'll just read 16 and 17. Whosoever hideth her hideth the wind and the anointment of his right hand, which bewrayeth itself. Iron sharpens, sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Say it again. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Now, my good brother is... Are you reading out in New King James? That was that was King James. Uh, Ricky New, James. Uh, that was the key. That was yeah. That was it. <laughs> and then New King James, as iron <laughs> sharpens iron, the beauty of technology, brother. As iron <laughs> sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That's right. That's right. There you go. So, as iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to be doing this show. We're going to be having a conversation, talking faith, sharpening one another, and so. Um, in college, Brother Tom was a physical specimen. He, you know, um, I told somebody, I said, Tom is like me, but he left-handed. 
And so I was physical and Tom was more physical than me. And he was left-handed. And so his, his team, the <laughs> Legion of Doom, and my team, <laughs> the Jungle Brothers, the Jungle battled Brothers. it out. He battled out in the NMUS finals year after year. Yeah. Talking yeah. trash, partying, yeah. doing what college students do. Indeed. And then one day, my good brother, where did we meet up again? The library, the seminary <laughs> library. And both of us asked each other the same question. What you doing here? <laughs> what you doing here? Because <laughs> there's no way, there's no way Legion of Doom and Jungle Brothers end up you just was that wasn't the path you would think we end up in the seminary library <laughs> that just wasn't and who saw that coming it, it's union theological <laughs> yeah. union theological seminary at, at, a, at a, a white presbyterian seminary yeah 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 who knew who knew who knew, who knew? <laughs> and, and, and you know brother I, I, I was thinking about this how at odu we didn't have a football team no right so you and I was considered to be some of the big men on campus, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Until, until I went to You're Virginia right. Tech. You're right. Until we went to Virginia Tech to an NMU um, um, statewide tournament. And I had played against a Virginia Tech football player. Yeah. And I realized that I, I was We weren't that big. We weren't big. Yeah, we weren't big. Put us on the outside. Yeah, yeah, we were big in Norfolk. We were big on campus at ODU. We were right small when we got to Tech. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, to I know we did. We went to dinner. We went to dinner that night. One night, we were, one of the nights we were there, we went, our our team went to dinner, and they were saying that the guys got aggressive with the Jungle Brothers. They said they like they were some guys. They like the football, the tech team with the football players. Like they wanted to fight the bro, the Jungle Brothers. And one guy said, "What well, they got, Ellis?" And another guy <laughs> said, "Man, they had a, they had ten Ellis's." <laughs> amazing how far God has brought us from those days and those times. Oh, indeed. 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 With grace. With just grace. And he's just faithful to us, brother. He's just faithful to us. Yeah. Amen. And so, you know, in light of all we just shared, I want us to talk about in the scripture, you know, Hebrews 11, 1 and Genesis 12 and 1. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you read Hebrews if you allow me to read Genesis. Sure, sure. And this is our New King James, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Amen. So in Genesis 12.1, we have here, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm. My, my, mm. Good, my good brother, Pastor Tom, mm. what, what church do you pastor? I church, I pastor two churches within in the United Methodist um, Conference of, for the state of Virginia. And one is called Antioch United Methodist and the other is Lebanon United Methodist. Now, what is the racial makeup in your churches? Racial makeup? 
yes. my wife, my family, and my, my wife, my two kids, and I are the only African Americans there. I'm I I, I pastor two, not predominantly, but all white churches. And and what part of Virginia? In Brunswick, Virginia. Brunswick. In County. Brunswick, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, would this be possible, say, fifty years ago? Oh no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't really possible. Fifteen. <laughs> it wasn't very. It wasn't too possible twenty years ago. Uh, uh-uh. you know that. No, no, no. They they had asked me in two thousand four to be a pastor. Mm. Um, and but, you know I'm, I have a Baptist background. You know, um, you know, you and I were in seminary. We were both, we were both kind of both at Baptist churches at that time. Um, yes, yes, um, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, no, yeah. Wasn't no kind that we were. And that we were. Was, we were Baptist churches. Yeah, we were planning <laughs> to be Baptist pastors, and we both became, you know, <laughs> uh, became a Baptist pastor. But they asked me, could I, would I be interested in being a Methodist pastor? Because they didn't have any African American witnesses on that district, on that district of the state, and they called me they, they called the meeting and they asked me to be a an associate minister at one of their churches that and to learn methodist polity and i just went to a mid a midweek meeting so the pastor could introduce me tell them why i was there i was there to learn methodist policy so they would send me to a methodist church somewhere else that sunday people boycotted the church and this was in 2004 that was 2004 yeah, mm. they boycotted the church. And now it's what year? 2022. I got called there in 2021 is when they when I started. And yeah, and they, they asked me. And to be honest with you, bro, when I was having lunch, I was having lunch when I got the phone call. They wanted me to do another church in oh. Prince in, in, in the Petersburg, Prince George area. I prayed over it and I said no. I just didn't feel that was it. My wife and I prayed over it. I turned them down. I thought I wouldn't hear from them again. And a couple of weeks later, they called back and said, we have, oh, we have an opening, we think, be for you that's near your home. That's not far from you, where you grew hmm. up and all. And that's how, yeah, and then I prayed again. And then I've always been critical of how the church has handled race on both sides, black and white. I've been critical. Can you, can you elaborate, elaborate a little bit more on that? The church has been on the wrong side of the race of the race issue always. The black church, and people may disagree with this, but I, the black church is a response to the sin of racism. Mm. The reason we have black church is because people in the quote unquote white church didn't want to, didn't want to worship and fellowship with black people. So black people had to start their own church. So the black church is a response to to sin, to the sin of racism, America's birth defect. Um, So, and the church has always been on the wrong side of it. Even the Methodist, you know, the church has always been on the wrong side of it. Even in the Methodist church, you had the Northern Methodists wanted to abolish slavery. Southern Methodists wanted to keep slavery. But then here comes the cotton gin. Which, made, which were in the northern factories, they needed the cheap raw material, the raw material of cotton. The best way to get that cotton at a cheap price was to keep people enslaved and let the labor force be free. So now Talk all of a sudden the, the, northern, the northern Methodists 
weren't as opposed to slavery anymore as they were because it was econ it was economically feasible it was to their advantage to keep slavery going and so america is all the the, the church has always come on the wrong side of race um and, and you know i've been in black churches that evangelize like a not a single white person will ever hear their message mm. <laughs> i mean i've i've pastored an all black church that had a white member and uh, I had a guest minister speak and totally, totally um, offended the white lady that was there. And when, they, when the white lady told me what she said, I like, it offended me to hear it for. So, oh, wow. you, so yeah, so you, you got, um, so, so you have, you have both sides, you know, um, we have black churches that, pre that evangelize, that preach like they'll never talk to a white person, like a white person will never hear their message. Or at least if they hear it, they're not trying to respond to it in the affirmative. And then you have white churches that just act like black people don't exist. It's not, this is not for you. We want to be, he, you know, and, it, and it, we're just separate. And the kingdom of God does not look like that. So, and so it, with that being said, with me being so critical of how race and then being the, you know, I, I, on the bad end of the race stick within the Methodist, now all of a sudden God has given me two opportunities to be in a leadership position in a racial context. I, you know, I was like, I can't teach, I can't say no. And brother's been the best yes I've ever given. I told, I told them, I told beyond, besides saying yes to God, when I left ODU and saying yes to my wife, this has been the third best yes I've ever given is, is, is being in, in this pastor. It's been a, it's been a, a beautiful thing. I have a question for you mm -hmm. because um, I have known you um, one to be um, always called, but not sure if he was in the right place. Mm -hmm. So there was a time I ministered and you, I think you was at Gravel Hill Baptist Church. You allowed me to uh -huh. come and minister. Uh -huh. And then um, the church that you started out there, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Abundant Faith. Mm -hmm. Abundant Faith. Ah, Abundant Faith. Yeah. Come out there. And um, so, so let me say this to the listeners. I know this man. Um, my my family, when I was married, and his kids and his wife, we all hung out together. Um, mm -hmm. When when I got a divorce, I mean, it, it it crushed so many people because we were all a family hanging out together. And so, um, I so love this man, but I, I want him to share his testimony about how he was treated in some of the churches. Um, and he doesn't have to give the name, but mm -hmm. I, I, I think people don't understand how pastors are treated. And so, brother, can you just share two, two instances of how you were treated at, you know, some of the churches you pastored? Okay. Well, you, one. Early in your pastorship. <laughs> early in the pastorate. Uh, being a young pastor is interesting. <laughs> the, 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 my first pastorate, the church started in 1865. Talking um, about it. Yeah, sorry. So, and he, he, I, I, I was like 28 when they met me, 29 by the time they installed me. And um, the biggest issue I ran into, well, was two, okay, this actually, the bigger, the, one of the issues was people started joining the church. New people started coming in and the role, the role, the, the role of the church, the role, the, the membership role started increasing. But in the Baptist churches, you well know, 
is the institution of the church meeting, the church meeting where the power is. So mm -hmm. the democratic church meeting within the Baptist church. So as new people were joining, the people who were there, the people who were there always, that were been raised there, the older people had a disdain for the new people because they felt that on any given situation, the new people, whatever I wanted, the new people were going to do. <laughs> so it became a power struggle. I mean, one guy stood up in a meeting and said, I just don't know about all these new people that joined this church in the last 60 days. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know about these people? I mean, he was basically saying, don't know why they're here, don't really want them here. Um, because, it, and then as the money started growing with the new people, it became a bean counting incident. And then it just became like an on all, uh, just an all out assault on, you know, it just, oh, it, it just become terrible how they, they were treating me terribly. They stopped giving me water. You know, they, they provide the water for the pulpit, stopped all that. And it was, it was mm. terrible. But but then the other part. How, how petty was that? Oh, dude, it was very petty. I had to bring my own water and everything. I, I, still, I still do now. Not that I have to. It's just my. <laughs> I, I, um, but, but, you, it, but you kept you kept going. Why I kept you continue going. to go? I kept, well, wow. man, I was willing. I was willing to just. I would, thought I would. I, I thought I would retire there. I was like, Lord, if this is the fight, this is the fight. I'll That's do right. it. But then the second one for the second, the second um, the one that happened, same, same bill. It would just be the same, um, the same congregation. I uh, messing around, messing around with you, and getting <laughs> deeper into the Holy Spirit. Now I'm a Baptist. Messing around with who? With you, Ellis E. O. Henderson, Jungle Brother himself. About? I, what do you mean? Yeah, and next thing you know, now, and it was another brother in my life at that time. It was another brother in my life at that time too. I got to get Kenneth some um some some credit in this too. But um, I, here I am now speaking in tongues as a Baptist mm. pastor. I'm speaking as in tongues. Baptist pastor, you speaking yeah. in tongues? I'm speaking there, in tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in you the, doing in the country? Speaking in tongues. And then one doing? day, one day, this little this young lady comes up. She comes up to the altar. She says she needed prayer. I asked her to raise her hand. And I said, lift your hands. And I asked, I said, what do you need? She said, well, I said what do you need God to do? She said, everything. Mm. <laughs> I mm. laid hands on her and she failed. Mm. She hit the floor. Whoa. Mm. And then the next person that came, I touched, I, I laid hands, they failed. Next person failed. Next mm. person failed. Next. Mm. So now there's no room in the front because most mm. of the people are laid out and talk about it. oh man that was the beginning of the end that was the beginning of the end i was just as shocked as they were <laughs> uh, uh, i mean i didn't know that was going to happen i was just i mean i was thankful but i was just as you know i was just as in the moment not really like what's happening as they were but oh man i had one lady in a bible study i said well let's let's talk about it let's study it in scripture try to study it out in scripture you know the work of the holy spirit and um, one lady didn't even want me to touch her she didn't want me to touch her no more she was scared if i touch it fall. i was like no baby yeah you never told me this you never yeah, told yeah, me she thought i was gonna fall she thought i was gonna so touch her yeah, and then, so and, and then, um, and then, 
Amen. <laughs> and let me share with the listeners. Let me share with the listeners who you are to me, who you've been Amen. and who you still are. Amen. Amen. You are to me God's prophetic voice to me. Mm. And yes, I was ready to stay yes, and fight. And you shared, and the Lord mm. shared through you, I did not call you to fight. Mm. This mm. is a fight. I didn't call. God was ready to fight. I was like, God mm. got me because mm. he has shown me I could win the battle. They That's were, right. Oh, That's I was right. supposed to go on vacation with my wife. They had a special call meeting to kick me out. And so I had to not go on vacation. My wife ended up taking, my wife had play tickets and she ended up taking our little next door neighbor, a little girl that lived next door to us because I had to be here and fight this fight. And the people that called the meeting, the lady that called the meeting left crying. Um, you know, God, it had totally worked against her and I told her it would, but it did. So God has shown me, he had me, but I was on this fight. The Lord used your, used your prophetic, prophetic voice to share with me. I didn't call you to fight. So mm. that I just left. And, 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 but I gotta get, but I must say, even this congregation, I love them, you know, they, they didn't know, but they were, um, I left right after that and they were actually going to pay me. They had set up when I first got there to pay me substantially. And that first check was supposed to come in January one. And I felt the Lord telling me to leave in November, the November oh, of the remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. now. I, I, and I always tell everybody, I'm like, I don't know what I've done if I've seen that check. I can't say. I can't say. I never saw the check. I never saw the but check. I, I just felt the leave. Mm -hmm. If I recall correctly, each time God would um, have you go into ministry, God always blessed Tony with a raise or another job or promotion. Oh, yeah. It always Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah the blessed tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my wife bless her heart. She went. Yeah, it was. I mean, exponential. <laughs> it was. It was. And, yeah. And y'all y'all been married for how many years? Twenty seven. Be twenty eight this month actually. Now, have y'all ever had an argument or disagreement? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Ministry but, but in the heart of a couple of them. <laughs> but 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 man, I married. I married God, God, dude. I I can't think of I, there is no other woman that could have mm. been with me um, through this journey the way my wife has. My wife, oh, my wife, bless her heart. Every Sunday she's right there with me. She's she's just as integral. She is so in. The, and I've had people this, in my new congregations. I'm doing now. They told me, Thomas, we love you, but we really love your wife. <laughs> she's right there she's right there but yes i'm the only pastor though at least back then th 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 this is a little different i don't mind sharing this with people i was all i would all every time i had to make a move i was going to less money every move i made was to less money and less i was like money. i'll That's see right. my friends going to more money i'll always it's like i was going to less money uh, um and the ain't, next ain't one that something okay yeah, something. I, was, I was always going to less money and then the, the, the um, you told me to get two, but that was two in one church. The only one I got with the other church was the Lord put it. And this probably might have been a little too much for me at this time. The Lord put it on my heart. I start, I messed up and started reading that. And was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I messed up. You, mean, you mean Acts of the Apostles? Of the Apostles, yeah. And going, <laughs> okay, why don't we try to do this in, a, in the context of how we live? And I started preaching 
on in teaching on a subject called none suffer lack. And I had I had ministers, and I and I would never say that I did it the right way. I would we I would never say you know I, I have to tell you what what we did. And none suffer lack. It was like let's share. You know, the, in in the book of Acts, they shared what they had. They made sure that nobody lacked around them. So I took okay, the associate, be Acts chapter two verses yeah, forty six. Right there you go. Yes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. They shared everything they had. They had all things in common. None had lack. And um, I, 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 and I think it's also in Acts four a little bit, if I get remember correctly. But if you, I, do you, I, if you mind if I read it, just, yeah, just for yeah, the yeah, listeners who yeah, may not yeah, have the Bible yeah, handy. Yeah. So in, yeah. in Acts two forty three, and I'm reading out of the New Revised Standard Version, it uh -huh. says, "All came upon everyone because mm -hmm. many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles." All who believed were together, had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home, ate with food, with glad hearts and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers, those who were being saved. Amen. There you go. There you go. There you go. And if you go to Acts, Acts 4, this is King James, Acts 4, 33. It's, um, and that's it said, no, um, and great grace was upon them all. It said, and with 33 says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Verse 34, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all yeah. who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each one as anyone had need. And I was in the poorest part. Oh, I stopped preaching in suits. I stopped preaching in suits and stuff because it was, I mean, it was just, it was just straight. I had never seen poverty to the level of the poverty I saw in that neighborhood. And mm. so I was can like, I, can I stop you for a second? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Because go ahead. in verse 35, it says they laid it at the apostle's feet and it was uh -huh. distributed to each as any had need. Because you know, during the, you know, during the <laughs> prosperity gospel, uh -huh. right, so we talk about a lot that. of money so, was put so, at so, feet. So, 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 yeah. so during the prosperity gospel, you know, people like to go throw money at the people's at feet. People's feet, yeah. And, and they and were the always trying to use scripture and justify, but they, I guess they couldn't read the other part. They couldn't read the other part. And of the it was distributed, distributed to, to anyone as they had to, who had a yeah. need. You know, so, I'm so I used to it's biblically to do that, but you have to realize. It's supposed to go to those who have needs, yeah. not just the past the, the needs of his plane and the pastor needs the plane and the you know pastor's wife needs another car. It, it, exactly. It's not meant for them. Exactly. It is it meant, meant to go them. to everybody. It distributed to everybody as they had need. They were they yeah. were preaching half brother, the doctrine. Good, good brother, we, we, this is a great time to stop. You know, mm -hmm. we're gonna take a break right now. We are we are talking faith. Iron Sharpens Iron with Pastor Dr. Ellis O. Henderson and my good friend, I, I refer to him as Bishop Thomas Wynn, and we're talking faith. We're in, we're all over the Bible talking faith. We want to take a, a, a brief, a, a brief um, break. Um, Black Talk Radio is going to share a um, commercial. want to shout out again, James Satchmore Gates. Well, thanks, thank you again for the Way of the Lord Fellowship. I've um, always been a, a great sponsor, Mosquito Authority as well. And Pastor Tom, what's the name of your church? Antioch United Methodist and Lebanon United Methodist Church. 
Thank y'all for tuning in. We'll be right back in a few seconds. Peace and blessings. Professional tennis player Serena Williams, who is considered one of the greatest athletes of all time, male or female, has announced that she will retire from the professional tennis circuit following the 2022 U.S. Open at the end of August. In a piece published by way of the media outlet Vogue, in addition to a post on her Instagram page, the 23-time Grand Slam champion said that she still loves tennis, but she is ready to move on to new things. If Williams can win one final Grand Slam by winning the 2022 U.S. Open in August, she will tie Margaret Court who currently holds the record with 24. If she loses she will remain in second place all-time behind Court with 23 Grand Slam wins. Only one player has won more U.S. Open tournaments than Serena Williams who has six wins and currently stands as second most of all time. Helen Wills who won 19 Grand Slam titles won seven titles at the U.S. Open and Serena could tie both Wills and Margaret Court's all-time female tennis records. Another record that could be broken is for the number of viewers for a tennis match finals if Serena Williams can make it to a tennis final one last time. Whatever the outcome of Serena Williams' performance in her final tournament, along with older sister Venus Williams and their parents, the family's cultural impact on the sport of tennis will never be forgotten. This is a Black Talk Radio News Brief. Support the production of independent media tailored toward African Americans and the African diaspora by supporting the non-profit media organization Black Talk Media Project. All right, everybody, we're back. Thank you once again for that great tribute to, to Serena Williams, who's considered to be one of the GOATs um, of tennis. Uh, I don't think she is the GOAT of um, all sports, as some would like to proclaim, but she's definitely um, the GOAT of tennis. Um, right now, we have tonight as my guest, the GOAT of pastoring, um, the GOAT of, of a being a servant leader, the GOAT of being a father, truly a triple OG in this day and ministry, sincere, humble, loving, kind, um, just an astute, articulate, brilliant man of God. Um, Thomas Wynn, we, we was closing out and we were looking at Acts chapter four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and verse 35. And we discovered a discrepancy in terms of practice and the prosperity church as it pertains to the gospel. So right now we are removing some false gods. Okay, so in verse 35, it says they laid it, they laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. And, me, yeah. and what we were talking about before we had to go to break was that the money that's been thrown at the feet is not and does not belong with the pastor. To the feet, and yeah, to, the feet to which it was th- to which it was thrown. If that is, it doesn't belong again. to that person. The money that was thrown again. at the feet do not belong to the feet to which it was thrown. It belongs like to anyone who had need within the congregation or community. It was it was to make sure that the community needs nothing. Yeah, uh, I've had yeah yeah. I mean, I've had I've preached and somebody's thrown money at my feet, and, and you know, and you're like, I'm glad it doesn't happen anymore. But at that time, it was so big that you know, you say something somebody like, they come throw money at your feet, and and, and you know, you don't want to like wreck house at somebody. But I've always wanted to do one where I just stop every. I never had a whole lot of money. It'd be like some one, two people come up. But <laughs> you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I would love. I always, I would love to do it with somebody to call an offering and say, "Come bring this offering up." And then at the offering, who needs something? Right. Who's right. in need tonight? And start giving it so, away. So yeah. why is that be- not being done? You think? Greed. Ooh, Greed. Say it again. Greed. And not in the church. Ambition. And selfish not, ambition. Not when in the, the church, though. Man, when the church is looked at as being your, it's tough to say this, 
when the church is looked at as being your sustenance, your mm. financial sustenance, you, uh, abuse can come. And not always does it come, but it can come. Greed, it just, um, it is never about the person who's talking. It's never about the leader. It's about the community. It's all about the, everything Paul talked about was helping the poor. You know, um, he, even when he told people stop stealing, he was at the, in that same breath, he's like, so you can help the poor. We're supposed to make sure everybody has help. Everybody, everyone has access to what they need. And that's, right. that's but, but when you're prosperity, you try, when you're trying to live in the biggest house, in your neighborhood, drive the best car amongst all your friends. You need that money to come to your that comes to your feet for you, and then you justify it through scripture. Try to justify it through scripture, but um, yeah, and and that bothered me. That bothered me. But man, but I did learn this. I learned this, Alice. People are people are more. It sits better with some Christians that it goes to the person in the front than if it goes to their neighbors beside them. Mm, mm, you're talking faith now, brother. They were happy to give money to pay for the lights of the building, to pay for salaries. They were happy to pay for building upkeep and to pay for me. They were cool with that. The second I started talking about, let's give the money to everybody that's in need. And I think I, used, I said, instead of me buying a Lexus, how about we let a few of us just buy some Honda Civic and call it a day? <laughs> and they didn't like that. They did not like that. They were happier. They, they, they were happier giving to the institution and to a man than they were to give to little to Cretia down the street with them three kids that she having trouble feeding. There's a lot of judgment on Cretia. Why you got them kids? Where they daddy? Everybody had questions about her. But nobody ever questioned now, the other stuff. That sound, that sound, you know, that kind of judgment sounds very GOP-ish. Yeah, it does. You know, it, you know, yeah. it, it sounds, you know, not only it sounds very um, Republican-ish, it sounds very democratic you know, mm -hmm. um, but these and we're supposed to be neither norms. And we're supposed to be right, neither right. Neither right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But, but, long but, but so, so, so where do you think that, that judgment comes from? That condemnation, that spirit. So scripture does not speak to this. God does not speak to us, cuss us out. God mm -hmm. doesn't call us out of our name, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. where where does this, this spirit of condemnation come from? Would you say that goes back to, as you said earlier, you know, being pushed out mm -hmm. and having to create your own? Because what mm -hmm. I argue in my book and, and is that, the African-American worship in the church now began in slavery in which the mm -hmm. African-Americans enslaved, you know, Africans went to the brush arbor and created this thing we call church now. And it mm -hmm. was not about entertainment. It was about survival. It was about coming together as a community to take mm -hmm. care of one's needs. No, you know, yeah, so in, yeah. in, in the brush arbor, they could they said things they could say in the brush arbor that they couldn't say in the house or in the field. Exactly. Because the brush arbor was a safe place. And mm -hmm. out of that is how they created the worship. And so their mm -hmm. praise and, and them utilizing their words in such mm -hmm. a powerful way, I say is the reason why the, the you know slavery toppled down. No, mm -hmm. the sin of and racism, the spirit of racism is still prevalent. But mm -hmm. I believe theologically, anthropologically, that the African American church gave birth 
mm-hmm. to what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you and look the, at that, it, it mm-hmm. was never about condemnation. It was always about bringing in everybody together at once. And they loved everybody. Common cause. Had a common cause. No one had yeah, There you go. It was a right, common right, cause. Right. No, no, right. no one had cause. Yeah, whereas now, there's not a common cause. Mm. Slavery, it was common cause. Even post-slavery, even post-slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, there was a common cause. You know, and, and now it's not a common call. It's, it's not a common call. The way you, you, everybody's at different levels now. Every, right. Everybody's attaining the quote unquote dream, trying to get that dream, but we want to get it for ourselves. We don't, we, we don't necessarily want to see everybody go without, everybody go without lack. That should be our kingdom focus is to make sure right. everybody has what they need. So I, I, I have a question for you. Get ours. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, if I know you, you're preaching and teaching this message where you are right now. How, how, is, mm-hmm. your, how is your, um, your, your non-melanin congregation receiving the message? As far as, now what I'm preaching now is the key. I do preach this, the kingdom nobody having lack. Yeah. Um, it's different than preaching to a melanated. It, okay, how would I put this? How would I put this? It is it's different in the sense that there are more there's more material access access to material things in the group I'm preaching, the non-melanated group I'm preaching to now. So it doesn't hit the same way as when I was preaching it to a poor black congregation. Now it was it it, it um now mind you, I got I almost I hope I don't go too far off of this. When I was preaching it to the poor black congregation, the poor black people in there loved it. It was the it was the it was the uppity black people that had a little means or thought it, it was it was the middle to upper middle class ones that that the ones who had something that revolted, or at least thought they had something they revolted. The people who actually had nothing loved it. The people who were who had something they were the ones that had the issues with it. Now, preaching it over to this group, it is I, I find very well received, very well received, but it is not, you know, it's not like they, none of them have lack, you know, and they don't right, really know too right. many people with lack. Right, so right. It hits different. So from them, they're hearing it from the perspective, okay, I have to give something. <laughs> because you know they'll be the people that got to sell the they, they'll be they would be the Barnabas who would have to go and sell something <laughs> you know because Barnabas uh, sold and get, get, they're they're uh, they're the Barnabas they 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 or and we're not gonna call we're not gonna talk about Ananias and Sapphira <laughs> but they're the people who have the the land and the possessions to sell so it comes a little different because when they hear it there's a responsibility to it. Whereas when you're preaching it to people who don't have, they're hearing it and they hear like a almost a gift to it. Like, okay, somebody gonna help me. But this crowd hears it, it's more of responsibility. And I will say, nothing in me feels they're not ready to give. I, I believe if, if if the need comes up, they'll be the first there to give. So the question um, I have, do you think they will be willing to give um to sponsoring uh, scholarships in you know in in, in Brunswick, in Brunswick. Um, you know establishing a school you know for for kids or after school program 
for the kids in Brunswick? Will they be behind those kind of things? I think so. It presented with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. And, you know, I don't know if it'd be 100% support, but I think the, I think the majority would. Yes, I think okay. so. I think so. I think so. because at the, it, it, you can see God working and breaking down things. And yeah, I think so. I think, you so. know, one of my pushbacks to um, um, white evangelicals, as I always say, put your money where your mouth is. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're really about the gospel, stop going over to other countries, you know, trying to, you know, <laughs> um, civilize and save them. Why not go down the street? And help yeah. out those folks, right? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I know so many, you know, predominantly white churches. They do great with, with missions and building hospitals and churches over mm-hmm. there, you know, in third mm-hmm. world countries. But then mm-hmm. they, they'll ride past the inner city. And so, so mm-hmm. again, your, your gospel is still not accurate. Your gospel is still skewed and, based on race. And go past the trailer court. <laughs> go past oh, all. I, I, you know, how dare I forget about the trailer, the trailer court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, see, yeah. back in my day, we had the trailer park. Now it's been upgraded to a trailer yeah, court. It's trailer court now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me, you know. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 wow. Because, yeah, I mean, like, immigration should be uh, an evangelist, because you get evangelicals from the word evangelist. An evangelist should love and a missionary evangelist should love immigration because that means instead of me going way over there to go talk to them they're trying to come to me mm-hmm. so i don't have to travel i don't have to travel to go give the message of jesus jesus is bringing them to me to give them the message yeah uh, immigration should be it, every christian should love immigration because now you don't have to go you don't have to go to the third world country they're coming here now show jesus to them be Jesus to them. Now they're here. Wow. Yeah, it's Talk easy to be it. Jesus when you pack your bags, you go on a flight, right. you stay in, right. and you, you enter into the culture for about oh, two weeks and you put your <laughs> best God face on and then you and fly you take your, pictures. You, you take you, pictures of everything. And, then you, and, and, yes. and you post on Facebook. There you go. Look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. Right, right, right. And then you fly on back home and it's back to what you were and you go, well, this is what we did. This is what we did. No, no, no. Immigrate. I love, I think all Christians should love immigration because now they're coming to you. Be Mm. Jesus every day and not just two weeks after you fly overseas. Yeah, You don't need a passport no more. They're coming to you. Talk about it. Um, Talk about it, brother. Dude, if we're not going to do this for real, we, we got to do it everywhere. We got to do it everywhere. Right. Yeah. So, and I think the problem and, and the pro, it, our message becomes hypocritical because we're saying something, but we're not doing what we say. I mean, yeah, we're not doing it. So, yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, I, I, I believe, you know, immigration is the best thing that ever happened to evangelism. It should be. Mm. <laughs> it should be because now you don't have to go to them. They're here. Yeah. One, one, one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I love you is because the passion that you had when you was putting those elbows in my chest <laughs> back in 1990 <laughs> is the same and passion I you had. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. it. It's the same passion you have now. I mean, it, 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 it's amazing how brilliant and, and you know, and I remember I always go on a break, you know, not in everybody's office. And they were like, who, who you got coming in, Pastor? Um, we, we want Pastor Tom. 
I'm like, I'm oh, like Pastor Tom is not doing church right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, can, but can you call him? Hey, he'll do church for you. He'll do church for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I say, I'll, I'll call you. Hey, brother, they requesting you. Man, well, you know, I'm not ready to go. You know, you know, Tony and I are doing this. Oh, yeah, you know. now we gotta explain what Tom not doing church is. They're like, what do you mean not doing church? <laughs> but I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, I, I, I mean, well, you, you you wasn't doing church. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. You wasn't. I, wasn't. I mean, literally, he no. was like, I'm done with church. Yeah, yeah, why I you, was. Why, why, why were you done with church, Pastor? Why were you yeah, done with church? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. The, the, the worst. And he had, no, 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 because it was more than Negroes. It was everybody. Well, you know, remember, well, the, Negro, Negro, the, Negro, the Negroes got mad and the white people boycotted. So I was mad at well, the well, 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 Let me say this. When I, when, I, when I use a word, I'm including everybody. So a Negro, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. is, is, is anybody who got who got knees and need to grow up, okay? That's a there you go. There you go. They got knees and, and need to grow I up. I like that. I like so everybody who has knees and need to grow up. That's everybody. That belongs to faith becomes sight productions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You got needs. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's, Negro, a, good, Negro. that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good There you go, man. Take the language back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. I'm telling you, I used to get so frustrated because what I read in the Bible did not look like anything we were doing. I was pastoring and going, this doesn't look like the Bible. So when I started now, how I got in trouble at the church with the non-suffer lack, I was trying to do the Bible. I was trying to do the Bible. Like, we're going to just do the Bible, see what happens. Then I learned everybody not going to go with you on that journey. Right, and right, right. So and then I, I, just, I, I, I just started trying to, I really felt that God wanted me to read the New Testament and what, what was in it, do it. What wasn't in it, don't do it. Whatever is not in it that you were doing, stop doing. And a whole nother expression of the body came out. And mm. it was more about building community than building a business. It was more about building a community than building a business because a lot of church is business. And you know, now I stand here as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. There is a business component. I am, right. I am salaried. So there is a business component. But right. the journey I was on, the journey, I still on it. I still build community. And then, the, but the scripture is still there about, you know, uh, um, uh, um, the workman is worthy of his hire. But let yes. that come out, let that come out of an of, of organic spirit-led movement to take care of that person's needs. Instead well, of a structure so, that says it, but since since, since you mentioned out. this, mm-hmm. since you mentioned this, I, I know someone is thinking about the tide and offering. So we got about ten minutes left. Mm. So take five mm. minutes, and 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 if, and and I know you, I, I know you can oh. do it, and talk oh, about the tide and offering. I don't know. Oh man, I ain't know this. We done gone way off now, big man, jungle, jungle, jungle brother. <laughs> hey, brother, this uh, is talking it, faith, baby. This is what we do. We talk about it. Now, me, the, the time. Okay, now, I don't know if everybody <laughs> will agree with me. I can't remember last time. You, I, oh, man. The tithe and offering, the tithe and offering is a, is, it's, it, it's under the law. It's under the law. And, you know, Creflo's catching it. He's he's right. trying to talk about that here late, but I remember I remember teaching that years ago. I t- it, it was every time Jesus talked about tithe, and it wasn't much. 
But when he talked about that, he always tied it to the law. He mm. said, okay, you're given a tenth of this. You're given it, but, but you're, you're neglecting the weightier part of the law. It was all under law. Even in Hebrew, it speaks of tie, it being, it was under the law. We no longer live under the law. And, you know, Abraham's tithe, once he defeated the three kings, that was tantamount to you get a big chunk of money and you, he tithed it one time. It wasn't a recurring week after week. He retired it one time to Mechizedek. So, but in the New Testament, there were clear moments where Paul could have asked for a tithe, especially in, the, in his letters to the Corinthian church. Oh, he, was yeah, yeah. he was preparing them for an offering to prepare an offering when I come. And right. he clearly could have said, give the tithe. And he never said, give the tithe. His words were, give what you have settled in your heart to give. Mm. God loves a cheerful giver. Give what you settle, give as your heart says it. What you so, what, so, so, so what I hear you saying that tithing is not a New Testament principle. Re no, and, there, no. and so therefore the believer is not obligated to participate. However, tithing is a spiritual principle. Yeah, yeah. If you right, want to Of tithe, sowing and reaping. There you go. But it doesn't have to be but it don't have to be, have to be there you go. It's someone in right. reaping. If you want to give 10%, give by all means, give 10%. Yeah. Give 10%. You, you want to give right. 8%, give 8%. Just make sure you're doing it cheerfully whenever you do it. You know, it's all about cheerfulness. It's, it's all, all about, about cheerfulness. And, and, not, and, and, not being, and not doing it under compulsion. You, well, you well, have to. And, mm -hmm. and you, can't take, you can't take your bill money and, and mm -hmm. be a cheerful giver. Right? No, because you can't, you can't give and then you're worried about what you're giving, but what you don't there you have. Go. There you go. There you go. Because, um, you know, uh, even Paul said, I think the NIV puts it this way, um, we don't want you to be hard pressed while others are relieved. Pay your what stuff. What scripture is that? What scripture um, is that? Um, oh, oh, see, see, see. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 8, I really believe it is. So not only is we hope. Yeah, um, I think it's Second Corinthians eight. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me let me let me go to the, let me, uh, um, <laughs> and 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 I don't and this I, I don't read the NIV as much as I used to. I I read the, the New Revised Standard, mm -hmm. and I remember that being um, uh, what is it? I think it's in nine, Second Corinthians nine. nine. Yeah. Verse yeah. six is this: the point is this: the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Uh -huh. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, mind not, to re give. not reluctantly, not reluctantly under compulsion. For God so loves a loves cheerful, a cheerful giver, giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Amen. So I, I, I love this piece. He, he who su supplies seed to the sower, bread uh -huh. for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Uh -huh. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through, through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, 
but also overflows with many thanksgiving to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others, while they mm -hmm. long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Good brother, we're, we're going to close out on that scripture Amen. because we, we thank you for sharing your indescribable gift. Oh, bless you, and brother. I, and I know the reason why I want to end it there because I want to give some, you know, the people the reason to come back and get some more. Because Amen. this is going to be the last time that I have my good friend Pastor Wynn on. We, we, we are we thankful. Man, brother, you just, man, thank you. Oh, bless you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank I'm thank God for you. Thank I thank you. God for his gifts upon you. Thank you, brother, for thank having you. me. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you, thank, thank you for having me. I mean, this is rich. You know, we didn't even know we were going to the tithe thing. But that's what spirit does. Spirit was leading yeah, yeah. us, you know, yeah. because you, once you start talking about church, people always want to talk about money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. so I mean, the spirit is going to push us as long as we're obedient, we're open. Yeah. And that's why I need to have you on as the first guest, okay. because you and I can, we can just be open and let the spirit lead us where we're going. Amen. And, and I, Amen. It's, Amen. See, what, what I like to say is, you know, being a Christian is like the NBA, right? When, mm -hmm. when you're really a Christian, this is the big leagues, right? Mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. You can tell when you're in the little leagues when you can't have a conversation. Yeah. So, so if you can't yeah. talk about money and not be offended yeah. because we're, yeah. we're just talking word, that means you're yeah. not in the big leagues. You're not ready for yeah. this yeah. show. So this yeah. show is not for everybody. But, but this is the NBA. Of, of, of yeah. We can talk about radio. everything that pertains to life. We can talk right. about everything that pertains to life. We can talk right. about because all that's contained within the Word of God, and that's we right. can talk about it and be real about it. Yeah, hey, yeah, amen. Oh, brother, this is beautiful. This is beautiful, and and brother, and I just you. pray. Oh man, thank you. Go ahead, brother. Go, go ahead. Go yeah, I just pray that you. I just pray that all listeners will continue to tune in, and 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 correspond back and forth with you about what they're hearing and what they want yes. to hear, topics yes. they would like to hear. Yes. Because at the end of the day, y'all can <laughs> real quick, brother. Y'all can email me at twaddlepastor05, T-W-O-T-L-P-A-S-T-O-R-05 at gmail.com. Brother Tom, mm -hmm. what's, your, what's, your, what's your information real quick? Mine, you can you can uh, catch me at TL w-y-n-n-j-r at gmail.com t-l-win junior at gmail.com yeah, okay brother and what you were saying my bad and, and the, the I, I i would just encourage everyone to listen to the show interact with the show and because at the end of the day at the end yeah. of the day we all have to take ownership of the kingdom to actualize it in our lives and in the world around us. We can't be passive. Church, it, the kingdom of God is not a passive spectator sport. It is a hands-on participatory activity. We all got to participate. My name is, I'm a pastor. Ellis is a pastor. But if you think only past, if the, the will of God will never happen on the earth if just people who are who are pastors who are paid to do it clergy if they think they're going if that's all they can do it everybody has to do it everybody has to take ownership 
everybody has to realize this is my God. He's, um, it's my inheritance. Learn about it. Carry it out. Use your gifts to do what, let God use what he's given you to carry his will forth in the earth. It's for all of us to do, not just some. Amen. Amen. Y'all just yeah. heard that the charge, you, you can tell a pastor, he, he just gave us instructions. You know, he told us to get involved, to get yeah. involved in your own salvation, get involved in your own inheritance. And what we like mm -hmm. to say is keep talking faith. Keep talking yeah. about this. The more yeah. we talk about the gospel and the way that we share tonight, this is how we sharpen one another. Please mm -hmm. tune in again as, as a re-recording for this on this coming Friday at, at 8 p.m. We will see you next week, which I will have another surprise guest next week at 8 p.m. Thank you for tuning in to Black Talk Radio. Once again, this is a Faith Becomes Sight Broad um, Productions. Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson and my good brother, Pastor Thomas Wynn. Thank you all very much. Peace and blessings to y'all. Have a good night. Bless you, brother. Join us again for the next installment of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith, where your faith is inspired, motivated, and activated. This show will be rebroadcast every Friday. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Peace and blessing until next time.